All right, I know that we're having um, a little technical difficulty on um, the Facebook end of things, and um, I just remind folks, I feel like, uh, I feel like we're, uh, I'm back doing the first service ever in the church, um, wondering, uh, trying to juggle uh, between um, optimizing for both online and for in-person, and so uh, we've got some new equipment that we're working on, so I just want to let you know that for those online, if you, if you have problems with the sound, I will remind you that at 11.15, the service will be broadcast on KMRN Radio, if you want to try to pick it up there, and then uh, the audio also gets posted on the website, and so if you have issues, um, I just want you to know that you can uh, pick that up later. Um, for those of you who are here, um, it may be a little bit louder than what you're used to, uh, but again, um, we are doing the best that we can. Uh, appreciation for Matt and Dustin and all that they do behind the scenes to make all of this possible. Um, as we, um, um, I, I understand that uh, um, Kobe picked on me a little bit last week. Um, I, I understand he accused me of starting sermon series and then uh, running off to let him finish them. And so this week, I'm going to start a sermon series on the book of Acts. Um, and then Kobe's going to finish it the next 25 weeks. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, I forgot to tell you that. Um, we, we are going to begin to take a look at the book of Acts. I thought that um, this would be a great time for us to uh, take a closer look at uh, this often neglected uh, book. Um, usually we just uh, read this occasionally during Easter, um, and often we read the book of Acts as some kind of like a, um, some kind of historical context for Paul's letters, when in reality the book of Acts is a very important book that reminds us and shows us how the early church began uh, to understand the church's mission, how they sought to live out the mission that Christ gave them and us. And so we are going to take a few weeks to explore this, um, this book, which is actually the uh, second volume of, um, of Luke's writing. You know, Luke wrote uh, the Gospel of Luke, and then he continued and he wrote what we call the Acts of the Apostles, um, and actually, I would argue it should be, um, at the very least, the Acts of the Apostles as empowered by the Spirit, or maybe it should simply be the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And so today, we're going to, um, we're going to take a look at the first um, 14 verses of um, Acts chapter 1. And so, um, I invite you to... Um, Hear these words afresh and anew. Theophilus, the first scroll I wrote concerned everything Jesus did and taught from the beginning, right up to the day when he was taken up into heaven. Before he was taken up, working in the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus instructed the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed them that he was alive with many convincing proofs. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, speaking to them about God's kingdom. 
While they were eating together one day, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. He said, this is what you've heard from me. John baptized with water, but in only a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. As a result, those who had gathered together asked Jesus, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? And Jesus replied, It isn't for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has set by his own authority. Rather, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After Jesus said these things, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going away, and as they were staring toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood next to them. They said, Galileans, why are you standing here looking toward the heavens? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way that you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, in fact, about a Sabbath day's journey away. When they entered the city, they went to the upstairs room where they had been staying. Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, Alphaeus' son, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, James' son, all were united in their devotion to prayer, along with some of the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Everyone with their ears to hear, hear the word of God and respond this day. Now, you know, this first 11 verses, I think, are really important in the, in the book of Acts. And I think it's helpful if we are reminded of the context. You know, I think oftentimes uh, we think that the disciples uh, just journeyed along with Jesus and then Jesus was crucified and he arose and a light bulb went off in their heads and they were like, oh, now we get it. When in fact, if we pay attention to the story, we know that's not how it worked. We know that the disciples were continually struggling with this idea that the kingdom of God was coming. I mean, Jesus' whole message was about the kingdom of God had arrived. And we know that they struggled with that. In fact, up until the time of Jesus' crucifixion, we are pretty certain that most of the disciples thought that when Jesus said the kingdom was coming, he was intending to overthrow the Roman government and the, and the corrupt temple uh, politics, and he was going to establish God's rule in Jerusalem on earth. And it's helpful if we hear this in this context. They, they were anticipating this earthly kingdom would be set up. And so after his death and after his resurrection, uh, they had to get their brains around this. And so for 40 days after his death and resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples, continuing to teach them about the kingdom of God. Now, Acts, in Acts, Luke doesn't tell us what it was that Jesus taught them in those 40 days, but we can be pretty sure that if we read the Gospel of Luke, 
we will know what Jesus continued to teach them about the kingdom of God. About the fact that God had come in flesh to restore and to heal, to redeem, and to make whole. And that God had come in a way that they had not expected, not one that not one by coming in power to set up a kingdom on earth, but one that had come to suffer and to die and to set up his kingdom in a different way. And in fact, if we're listening to this story, we realize that at the very first 11 verses of Acts, uh, that, that Luke is in essence telling us uh, that the, the new age has arrived, the kingdom of God is coming. In fact, we are in the end times. I want you to think about that, because oftentimes in our world today, we think about the end times as being something that happens well in the future. But we get in this passage this image of Christ ascending and being exalted at the right hand of God the Father. In other words, Jesus does reign now. We don't have to wait until Jesus comes back. Jesus reigns now. He just reigns in a way that the early disciples didn't expect. And He reigns in a way that if we're honest with ourselves, we don't expect either. You see, Jesus taught in the Gospels and, and He taught that God's kingdom will be restored to God's people. It just isn't going to begin with some apocalyptic coming from heaven and all of these wars. It's not going to happen by waiting for some glory of God to come and to do all the work while we just watch and wait. It's not going to be waiting for God to come to the temple or to come to the throne in Jerusalem. It's not going to happen by it's not going to happen when Jesus comes again. It is already underway. In fact, I would argue that these first 14 verses of Acts are telling us we've already been left behind. The first apostles were left behind to continue the work of Jesus. We don't have to wait to some Armageddon to worry about who's the left behind. Uh, we, the people of God and the followers of Jesus, have been left behind to continue the ongoing mission of Jesus Christ in the world. Do you hear that in these first 14 verses of Acts? Jesus is reigning from heaven and He has empowered His followers to carry on that mission. And how will the followers of Jesus be empowered? They will be empowered by receiving the Holy Spirit. We'll read more about that next week as we read about the, the, the day of Pentecost. But Jesus is telling His followers that you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will be My witnesses. 
You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus left his apostles behind and sent them forth to go into the world to give witness to what he had taught, to give witness to the fact that Jesus was alive, to give witness to the fact that God was already doing something in this world to restore his people, to bring about healing, to bring about wholeness, to uncover the image of God that rests in each individual person. The kingdom of God is already breaking into the world in this first chapter of Acts. And when the disciples asked Jesus, well, well now, um, are you gonna, when, when is this time of your kingdom going to come? Uh, Jesus says, when you receive the Spirit. Jesus is telling His first followers that it is your turn to go forth and to share the good News. God has renewed His covenant through Jesus Christ and He has called His followers to be the light that He had intended Israel to be. He has called His followers to walk the talk. In essence, He's telling the apostles, roll up your sleeves and get in the game. Stop sitting on the sidelines and waiting for someone else to do it. Stop sitting and waiting for Jesus to come back and to do the work that He has empowered us to do through the Holy Spirit. God has enabled Jesus' followers to be witnesses And to be witnesses, that means that we have been called to reflect the love and the grace of Jesus in all that we do. And each successive generation has been called to receive the Spirit, to bury ourselves in the Word so that we understand Jesus' teaching and who Jesus is, to bury ourselves in the presence of God so that we not only know in our heads, but we experience in our heart the presence of God like the early followers did. And He calls us to bear Witness to this new creation that God has already begun in us. And the church, the church is called to be this community that gathers together in unity, in seeking to follow Jesus, this community that gathers together to be, to be the example of Christ in the world. Not just when we gather on Sunday mornings, but each and every moment as we go into the world. We have been given the Holy Spirit so that we might be Christ's witnesses. So that we might be people who live and love like Jesus in every moment of our life. Lives. Oh, oh, if that only described 
every church that existed in the world today, I venture to say the world would look a lot different. You see, Jesus came to those first apostles, and in essence, he said, it's time to put up or shut up. It's time to get in the game and to do the things that Jesus called his people to do when he left them behind but gave them the Spirit to be with them. And so, I invite you to pick up your Bibles to read the book of Acts. It's a dangerous book, but it's a book that we need to read. I invite you to come back. This is only the beginning of what the Spirit had to say to Jesus' followers. I invite us to get in the game, to allow the Spirit to work within us, for us to reflect on our lives each and every day and ask ourselves, have I been a witness of Jesus Christ in this day and through this week? Have I been a witness of Jesus Christ this day and this week? And if not, I invite us to pray and to ask God to pour the Spirit out upon us so that we might be like those original apostles so filled with the Holy Spirit that God's love and grace overflows from us and other people wonder what in the world it is that we have. Maybe it wouldn't hurt if they thought we were drunk with the Spirit every now and then. Gracious God, as we hear your words this day, may your Spirit come upon us May your spirit fill us. May we realize we have been left behind for your purposes. May we realize that your spirit will enable us to be the witnesses that you call us to be in this moment and in every moment. In Christ's name, amen.